We want to greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're grateful to the Lord for everyone that's here today. All right, so um, all right, raise your hand if you've ever been called a nice person. Raise your hand if you've ever, ever been called a giving person. Raise your hand if you've ever been called pretty or handsome. So we're not, raise your hand if you've ever, if you raise your hand in any of that, raise your hand. See all those nice attributes. And we raise that's, 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 that's my testimony. Raise your hand if you disputed any of that. I'm not handsome. I'm not pretty. I'm not a given person. All right, raise your hand if you've ever been called selfish. Keep them raised if you said, if you said, uh, you right, you right, I'm selfish. Everybody understand what I'm getting at? We want to own the good stuff. We don't want to own the bad. Does everybody understand? The word ownership means the act or state and right of possessing something. That's what it means to own. And oftentimes, people love getting compliments. They smile on the inside and even disputing, I'm not nice. I'm not pretty. I'm not, that's not me. Even with that, we know <laughs> we're not being sincere about it. Everybody understand? We're just, just playing along. Oh, yeah, you're right. I am pretty. When it's all said and done, I am I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, you see. I am, I am a given person, that, you know, that's, that's real. And I think the Lord just used them to say that to encourage me to keep giving. Rarely will we dispute, I mean really from our hearts, dispute, you know, because really we want to just hear ourselves say that. I'm not pretty, you know, I'm not, I'm not like that, that's not. I'm not even thinking about that, and really. I, you know, I might be pretty to you, but I'm not. We just keep going on and on. Really, we just like hearing ourselves say that. It ain't because we really don't think that, you see. So we, we grab a hold of what's being nice, what's being said that's nice to us about our personalities or whatever the case may be, uh, but we immediately will reject something that we don't want to hear about ourselves. That's usually the first response. Without giving it a second thought, that's not me. It's too many other people saying otherwise. I am a giving person, you see. I am a nice person. It's too many people saying otherwise. I have a good attitude. I don't have a bad attitude. I have a good attitude. It's too many people that like me for me to have a bad attitude, see. If you have your Bibles, let's go to the sixth chapter of the book of Luke. 
Is everybody there? The sixth chapter of the book of Luke. We want to just make a point here. We're going to read verse 26. Look at what it says there. Woe unto you when all men shall speak how? Well of you. For so did their fathers to who? The false prophets. Now, a lot of times when people read that, they think that the Lord is just talking to preachers. Woe unto you, you know, when people patting you on the back and saying you spoke well or they enjoyed the message or something like that. It's talking to all of us. Woe unto you when men speak well of you. And it's not, it's not that there's nothing wrong with speaking being spoken well to as much as it is what happens to you when it happens. He's to, the word woe, when he's saying woe to you, he's saying beware. There's a setup coming. When you get so used to hearing compliments, you, you won't be able to stand to hear anything else. That's what makes folks it hard for people to sit in this kind of ministry sometimes. They, they're used to hearing how God want to bless them and how, you know, God is a loving God and all of that. But they don't, they don't want to live to get the blessings. They don't want to live the lifestyle. They don't want to crucify flesh. And believe it or not, there are people today that don't believe that God is judging people. There's churches today, I've, I sat in a church in Tulsa where the pastor preached that. Yeah, God ain't judging people today. Uh, well, what is he doing? What do you call all of this that's going on, you see? That's people that's used to hearing compliments. Or people that's fishing for it. Some people, they dress for compliments. Some people, they fix themselves up just for compliments. They live for compliments. I'm going to get a nice house just so that you can compliment me on it, you see. People live for people speaking well of them. Really what it is is praise and worship. And we have to be careful when, when people speak well of us. Everybody understand? So people speak well, but what about when people speak something opposite? What happens? How do you take it when somebody tells, now this is a question that I want us all to ask ourselves. How do we receive what the world calls constructive criticism? How do we receive that? How do you receive it when somebody tells you, you know, you're a selfish individual. Not very well. This is one of the most narcissistic ages, times that we're living in. Does everybody know what it means to be narcissistic? You're so engulfed in yourself and so wrapped up in yourself, you, it's, it's almost like you're insane to where you, you don't even have the ability to be able to identify with somebody else. 
Legally, they call it a sociopath. Does everybody know what that means? Sociopath? You, you don't have the ability to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. You can try all you want to identify with them, you won't be able to. My wife and I, we were watching a show the other day, uh, not too long ago, and uh, it was an attorney on the show who, he had a way to identify sociopaths. He would walk in a room and he would yawn. And you know, of course, the old, the, the old t tale is this, when one person yawns, if other people see him, they yawn as well. It's what makes people connected as humans. But the people that don't yawn, when other people yawn, they're considered sociopaths. They don't have the ability to connect with other people. Sociopaths don't mean you're out killing somebody. It don't mean that you're out, you know, committing crimes. It just means you're so engulfed in self that you, you don't have the ability to identify with anybody. Somebody could lose their mama. It won't bother you at all. I'm not going to pray that the Lord help you. You drive right past a Pass an ambulance that's got a dead body in it, about to pick up a dead body, right past a car accident, and don't pray at all. Oh, well, I'm, just, I'm mad because you're holding up traffic. That's a sociopath. So, how in the world do you think you come to church and you all of a sudden you, you got it in you to hear God's correction for you? You think that's going to happen? Not when, you, not when you're not praying, when you see an ambulance pass by. Everybody see. <laughs> so Jesus tells us, Woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you. In other words, you be watchful of that because it's designed to train you not to hear correction. It is designed to train you not to grow because the only way we grow is by hearing correction. We have to be corrected. And that's one of the biggest problems in church today. Everybody come here grown. Everybody come here already knowing everything. I already know. I've been a Christian for life. And got my membership. You know. And one of the hardest things to do, one of the hardest things I've ran into, and probably the hardest, when it comes to ministry, is getting people to own their own junk. I know without a shadow of a doubt that when people don't own their own junk, they will not grow. And I have seen people stay the same for years and years and years because they refuse to own their own junk. They refuse it. That is not me. I don't receive it. I don't accept it. The Bible says I am so-and-so. <laughs> the Bible don't lie. And God doesn't either, you see. The best thing you can do for yourself is accept what God says about you. That's good and bad. That's the best thing you, and, and listen, and do something about it. 
Because oftentimes, even if you do wrestle somebody down and get them to own their own junk, all they're going to do is go into further hiding. But now I got to, you know, okay, so how did you see that? Okay, so now I got to be nice, or now I got to do this, and I ain't changing a bit. Remain the exact same character they were before, ain't changing nothing. Just trying to hide it. <clears throat> I want us all to think about that. What have people told us that didn't know each other? They didn't consult, they didn't get together and have a meeting and decide that they gonna just bully you for the rest of your life? What have you heard time and time again about yourself? You spouses, what did you hear? What have you wives especially, because your husband is there to, to, to groom you, what have you heard about yourself that you just refuse to accept? Who else know you better than your spouse outside of God? Everybody understand? Now, I, I want to just share this just real briefly. I want you to think about it. You're married to somebody. You're a wife. You have a husband. And your husband tell you something about yourself that's not pleasing to you, that's not well speaking, you could, you could say. They tell you you're selfish. Now you're going to do one of two things. You're going to accept it and change, or you're going to reject it. So what, in your mind, what are you really saying when you reject it? There's no possible way you can love me and tell me that about me. I think you're just picking on me. I think you're just being mean-spirited. The devil will come up with all kind of reasons for you to remain exactly the same. And yet, when he sees it again, he'll say it again. I'm telling you, you're selfish. And after a while, you get so used to hearing that song, you just think he's just... That's just him picking on you. So then my question is this. How do you think it plays out in your actions as a wife when you can talk yourself into believing that your husband is just picking on you? Are you going to still be the loving wife? I'm going to still cook your food and love, still take, no, you're not. Because if you were that type of, type of loving wife, you would have received what he said. Everybody understand? We want, that's, and that's the problem with dating. <laughs> that's one of the problems with dating. Everybody want to hear compliments when they're dating. Everybody, want, everybody understand? Everybody want to hear what they want to hear when they're dating. But then with marriage, I see you the way you are. I've gotten over how pretty you think you are. I've gotten over all of the nice stuff. Now I'm telling you what I'm seeing and it's not right. That's the reason why, sisters, the devil work on you at an early age to get you better. So that when you do get married, you can't receive the correction from your husband. It ain't nothing but bitterness. Everybody understand? Bitterness. Everybody understand? <laughs> there are millions of automobiles in this country. Millions of them. 
I think it's four individuals in this ministry that have Ford trucks, Ford F-150s, if I'm not mistaken. What stops us when we all drive our trucks to the same place, to, the, to this place here? What stops me from going and getting in somebody else's truck? Why is it they, everybody understand what I'm saying? Why is it it's just not up for, everything's not up for grabs? Because I know the truck I own. I know the truck that Brother Tanks own. I know the truck that Brother Linder own. I know the truck that Brother Jones own. They're not my truck. My truck is a different color. If it's, a, it's, a, it's a different type of F-150. Everybody understand? And when you boil it all down, it's a different VIN number, and that's where the true ownership is. The vehicle identification number. Everybody ever heard of that? That's what makes your vehicle, there is not another vehicle in this world that has the exact same VIN number that yours have. And that is what you have a title to. How many of you have a title to your vehicle? That is what you have a title to, your VIN number. That's what makes your vehicle different from anybody else's. And you could think, if you're not careful, you could think that that VIN number, you know it's 17 numbers long, it's 17 characters. And you could think that your VIN number is just some random numbers or characters that somebody have come up with just to be different. That some kind of way they just push the button and 17, you know, different characters spawn and just whatever you got, that's what they stamped on your vehicle. But that's not the way it works. Let me read this, what a, what a VIN number is. The first number of your VIN number is where the vehicle was built. The second characters, the second and third character, that represents the manufacturer. The fourth and eighth characters is the brand engine size and type. Does everybody understand? The ninth character is the security code that identifies the VIN number as being authorized by the manufacturer. The tenth character is the model year of the vehicle. And the last six characters are actually the serial number of the vehicle. You see how there's more to it than what you know? You could think they're just a bunch of random numbers. Everybody understand? And that they're just stamping it on, stamping them on as they come off the assembly block. But there's those VIN numbers, they mean something. And so let's think about the things that we own. Everything we own, and I'm talking about our character, has a VIN number attached to it. Does everybody understand? Every part of your personality, every part of your being has something stamped on it that identifies it directly for you. You have to know that. Does everybody understand?
all of these numbers, they point to ownership. If you want to know where your vehicle was manufactured at, uh, you just look at the VIN number, it'll tell you. If you want to know, the, if, even if you don't know, if, even if you don't have a title, in other words, your VIN number will tell you everything that your title will tell you. The color of it, all of that. It, it, it will tell you all of that in those 17 characters there. How many of you actually memorized your VIN number? Got it memorized. Every time you go, you can just tell me, yeah, I'm 1Z46HG. Yeah, I need to renew that. How many of you did that? How many? And that's about how we are with our own souls. We've been told some things that maybe we didn't want to hear. We hear it, and then we just move on like it ain't nothing. I'm not going to memorize that. I'm not going to receive that. We have no idea what year it was made, what year the nasty attitude was made, where it was manufactured at. And then beyond the VIN number, you know, beyond that, they have what they call a Carfax report, where it'll tell you how many accidents, how many owners the, the vehicle had before you, how many accidents it was in, all of that the kind of work that was done to it, what year the engine had to be rebuilt. It would tell you all of that. But what I found that is when people have been told something they don't want to hear, they don't care to dig into anything. I'm not going to dig into that. You told me I had a bad attitude, I don't receive that. I don't, I'm not, everybody understand. I'm not going to receive that because I don't believe it. How many of you have bought a vehicle? How many of you have done research before you bought it? I got a 2010 Chrysler. I want to see what goes wrong with this vehicle after 10 years. I want to know what, what is common, what happens. Everybody understand? You know that every vehicle have that in common. It's got something on it that's going to go out around the same time as the other vehicles that are of the same make, model, and year. How many of you understand that? And so when, you, when you're doing research on a vehicle, that's, how, that's what you're looking up. That's one of the things you see. What kind of gas mileage is gonna get? When is the power steering pump gonna go out? What's commonly, what is common with this vehicle? Now isn't that something? That we do more research on materials than our souls. Lord, how long can I have this bad attitude before my marriage fall apart? What is the common, <laughs> how many years does a marriage last with selfishness? How long does friendships last? Everybody understand? We ain't doing nothing. How many of us did that kind of research? You know why we don't? Because we don't own our junk. When you own something or you intend on buying it or you own it, you want to know the history. You want to know where it's been. Everybody understand whether or not it's going to be able to make it out of the parking lot after you've paid for it. And we ought to be more concerned about our souls. 
When somebody tell us something, it is us. I promise you this world ain't that mean to you where folks just, it's just some familiar spirit just going around, just, you know, testifying of you in, in every city. If you've been told two or three times by different people that didn't know you, you had a bad attitude, you got a bad attitude. If you've been told two or three times by folks that don't, that don't know each other that you're selfish, you're selfish. Everybody understand? <laughs> so you see the importance of ownership? How we, if we don't own it. Now, what are we getting to? How many of you have the title to your vehicle? You have a title for it. You know it takes that title to sell it? Does everybody understand? It takes that title to sell it, to get rid of it. So the first thing you have to do to own it before you can get rid of it. Does everybody understand? Let's go real quick to the 61st chapter of the book of Isaiah. Everybody there? The 61st chapter of the book of Isaiah. Now, how many of us have ever been told something that we didn't want to own? That we refused? I mean, something bad, something about our character that somebody else may have saw. How many of us have been told something that we didn't want to own? Now, let's think about that and let's hold on to that while we're reading these scriptures. Let's think about that. We're going to start reading at verse 1. Is everybody there? Isaiah 61 and 1, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach gospel, the good news, good tidings, unto who? Unto who? Now you see what Jesus Christ was quoting, what he, had, what he had read from in the fourth chapter of the book of Luke. He had sent me to bind up who? The brokenhearted. He to proclaim liberty to who? And the opening of the prison to them that are what? To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that what? Mourn. Verse 3, now let's pay close attention. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees. Everybody see that? Trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Does everybody see that? Now, three things that we want to point out in this scripture. Point out in this scripture. Three phrases. Beauty for ashes. Joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Does everybody see that? So we see that this swap that is supposed to take place, what God have come to exchange, he come to buy it from you. 
but he can't buy it if you don't own it. Everybody understand? The Lord come up to you and say, you know, I see those ashes on your head. I come to switch that out. I ain't look me. I got the joy of the Lord. I ain't got no ashes here. Okay. Everybody see. I see that you've been crying in the midnight hour. I see that you got the uh, mourning. No, Lord, not me. Everybody see. See, you got the spirit of heaviness. You look depressed. I'm not depressed. I ain't got the, I'm happy. <laughs> How do you get beauty if you don't own ashes? Does everybody understand? How do you get joy if you don't own mourning? How do you get praise if you don't own the spirit of heaviness? How do you get a good attitude if you don't own the bad attitude? How do you get love if you don't own the hatred in your heart? How do you get unselfishness and kindness if you don't own selfishness. God have come to exchange all of that, but he can't exchange it if you don't own it. And so what you see taking place week after week is the Lord bringing these things to your attention. That's what you hear week after week. The Lord preaches to you and tell you what you have. Now here's the thing, you ain't got to claim ownership of it in the Lord's face for him to know that you own it. Now if you wanna know what you own, <laughs> one of two things is gonna happen. Either you know that you own it and you're confessing it, or you're getting mad when you hear it preached. You still own it. Somebody can preach on adultery all day long. I ain't gonna, it ain't gonna get under my skin about nothing. Whatever is moving you and getting you riled up is because that's what you own. It's that spirit on the inside of you that knows it's being called out. Whatever get under your skin, that's what you own. So the thing to do about it ain't to just say, well, you know what? I'm just be off to myself. Uh, you know, folks just want to say stuff about me. Every time I come to church, he's saying something bad about me. Why does God do that? You have to own it if he's going to take it from you. Does everybody understand? Does everybody know he can't get it from you if you don't own it? If you don't say, yes, Lord, I have the title to it and I've memorized the VIN number. I know where the junk started. I know where it was manufactured at. And I know in 10 years, my marriage is going to fall apart. Because I can't keep it and have a happy marriage at the same time. Lord, I don't want to grow up being the old cat lady. Amen. 
You know, all cat ladies didn't just make a vow to be single before the Lord. <laughs> you do know that. No, they didn't just buy cats when they were 10 and just decide it's just going to be me and my cats for the rest of my life. They got their beloved animals because in their mind, these are the only ones that ever loved me. <laughs> Does everybody understand? What was the problem? God had been coming to them with some money. I, he, in other words, he come with his own blood to exchange it. But I don't own it, Lord. No, I don't. That ain't me. Now, you're not going to tell me I'm unhappy. I'm, see, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> you get nowhere with God pretending. Does everybody understand? You see why it's important that we own our junk? Owning your own sin, it helps you to see where you really are instead of living in the fantasy of your mind. We all got this grand idea about it, and you know, you don't have to be unsaved to have it. Just this grand idea about yourself. Man, I am a nice person. Every time we do something for somebody once a month, we just think that heaven is up there applauding. We got this grand idea of ourselves. And what happens is we build ourselves up, and then when the Lord said, no, that ain't you. Look at what Paul said, though I give my body to be burned. If I don't have love, what does it, what does it matter? That person that, that stood in the middle of the, of the village there, giving his body to be burned for somebody else's sake. Yeah, you think he wasn't standing there thinking, I know the Lord is going, I've got, I'm got all kind of crowns waiting for me in heaven. No, I don't, no, I don't love people. But look at what is, what's going on here. Does everybody understand? And you may say, well, you know, Brother Bone, I don't receive the, the fact that I'm selfish because I give all the time. The question you have to ask yourself is why? Everybody understand? God sees your motives. You see? And so we, we <laughs> that's what your husband is there for, sisters. They see past all the junk that you put on here. Everybody understand? Yeah, they see all of that. And one of the, I'm telling you, from my experience, now somebody that's been preaching in another part of the world or, you know, wherever they may be, they may have a different experience. But from my experience, people not owning their own junk is their biggest hindrance in the kingdom of God. Because I know for a fact that when you don't own it, you have to keep it. God can't take it from you if you don't acknowledge it. Does everybody understand? And I don't mean going good for a week and then falling back. You still own it. It's still yours. But here's the thing. You have to acknowledge the ownership of it. Does everybody understand? You know what that means? To own it, you have to, it, it's all you. Does everybody understand? Brother Tanks, you said you own your, you got a car with your title on it, with the, 
with the, you got the car title, so your name is on it. So I can't sell your vehicle, can I? Does everybody understand? I can't sell what don't belong to me. In other words, I can't get rid of it if it's not mine. I can't exchange it if it's not mine. And so on your title is your name on it, right? So let's say for instance, me and Brother Tank, because that's possible, me and his name is on it. You know the only way for it to get so, how many of you got vehicles like that where you and your spouse's name are on, on the vehicle? You know the only way to sell it is for there to be, either both of y'all to be present or for there to be sole ownership. Now here's, the, here's what I'm getting to. The only way, when Jesus Christ comes to me and say, uh, John Bolden, you got some stuff there that I don't like about you. But I'm here to take it from you. The only way that he can take it from me and I can give it to him is if I own it myself. John Bolden, you, you got a bad attitude. Well, Lord, my wife's name is on the title. If it wasn't for her, I'd get along with everybody. She's the only one I don't get along with. You know what he's saying? Well, it's, it's yours then. I can't take it as long as you try to put somebody else's name on the title. Well, Lord, people just don't understand. I've been mistreated. I've been, uh, I, yeah, okay, I admit I'm bitter, but look at how people have treated me my whole, okay, well, it's yours, sister. I can't take it. Everybody, those hundred people that mistreated you, I don't see their name on the title. Everybody understand? I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I've seen people be mistreated and still have good attitudes. You have to decide to take something on. Does everybody understand? So I, it, it is very, very important that we really get this message. We have to own it. So when the Lord comes to do that exchange, which he does every week, when he's up here preaching, he comes to you as an individual. I come to exchange this for that. If you don't take soul, and what I mean when I say soul ownership is it's just you. Nobody else have anything to do with your selfishness, with your bad attitude, with your envy, with your strife, nobody in this world have anything to do with it. If that's not your mindset, then you're stuck with what you have. Does everybody understand? How many of you ever tried to buy a vehicle that was tied up, had to lean against it? Like somebody, the, the, what they call, they, they, they did not have a clear title. Somebody wanted to get rid of it, but the title is not clear. 
And that's what happens, that everybody understand. When somebody else have a stake in what you own, in your mind, God, if I hadn't got into all these bad relationships, all these men, they hurt me and they just got what, well, whose problem is that? Whose fault is that? Does everybody understand? I'm telling you, and you, you may think this is hard, but I, I just have to say it the way it is. You don't get to complain about the decisions that you've made. No, that don't fly with men, that don't fly with God. You don't get to complain about the decisions that you've made. You sisters, you don't get to complain about how men have done you wrong when you snuck around with them. How many of you got the approval of your daddy? Everybody understand? That's your head. How many of you went, took, him to your, took your boyfriend to your daddy and said, look, daddy, this man, he's interested in me. What do you think? So you don't get to gripe and complain when you get your heart broken, stomped on. I said it before and I said it again. You can't tell the devil how to act in your house once you let him in. You think he's going to mind? <laughs> Everybody understand? Your job is to keep him at the door, to keep him outside. Everybody understand? So I don't buy it, and I don't feel sorry. I, everybody understand? That, that is the best way to grow in God, and the only way to grow is to own your own junk. I don't want to hear about how your heart was broken, how people have mistreated you, when you went above your authority and against God's word to maintain what you were trying to maintain. And unfortunately today we live in a society where it's everybody else, everybody else is to blame. Nobody takes responsibility for their own junk. That's the only reason why abortion is, is legal. That's the only reason why it's legal, because nobody wants to be responsible. Everybody understand? It's a sad day when people use abortion as a form of birth control. I'm going to kill a living being because I had a few minutes of pleasure. I'm going to kill somebody to erase this pleasure. To erase my decision. I'm going to commit murder. I want us to think about that. Now I want us all as adults, let's think along these lines. What if you had a baby by everybody you slept with? Let's think about that. What if you had a baby by everybody you slept with? How many children would you have? <laughs> I'm just waiting on us to get that all calculated in our brain. Let's think about the amount of years. So you had a baby, number one, you had a baby by, by everybody that you slept with. And so for those of us who thought we were doing something because we were in a relationship more than a year or two, 
Every year that you were with that person, you had a baby for him. How many babies would you have walking this earth? And I'm trying to show you just how far removed we are from our own responsibility. If we could think, man, that would be a high number. You might think, man, that's, that's disgusting, that's raggedy. It, it don't stop the fact of what you've done. I'm trying to show you how good we've got at hiding. What if God exposed you every time you slept with somebody, you had a baby when you were out in the world? <laughs> you think you come to church receiving all of God's word when you've gotten used to hiding? Or maybe it was just God's grace and mercy. No, you don't want to, you don't want to deal with that for the rest of your life. Because you know when you have a baby by somebody, that's, that y'all in it for life. Y'all are parents for life. <laughs> no, you ain't going to be able to make it serving me and being tied to this one. Everybody understand? I'm trying to get us to show us how we far we've gotten removed from owning our junk. Everybody understand? We may look at somebody that's got 10 children and think, man, you've been around. But let's look at ourselves. How many folks we done slept with and just, getting, get, just didn't get told on? Everybody understand? So, so this is what I'm saying. When we bring things to God, it's got to be from that mindset. I, I got pregnant every time. We have to own it in that fashion. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? We have to look at it from that standpoint, not be thanking him that we didn't get pregnant and told on. We have to tell on ourselves. Does everybody understand? Yeah, you're not successful because you didn't get pregnant. That don't mean nothing to God. <laughs> Look at how many folks you've been with. We have to own our own junk like that. We have to see things the way that God sees them. Does everybody understand? And I'm trying to show us how far removed we are from owning stuff. We're trained not to own it. This society, it trains people not to own their own junk. It's not your fault. That's, that's, the, that's the word that the devil preaches to people. It's not your fault. And what's crazy to me is bitterness has become the norm. It has become the norm. It's just given that a woman's going to have a bad attitude. That's just given. 
So the, the idea of her getting married is just her husband. He has to break through all of those brick walls and, and finally get to her heart. Or she could just keep herself. <laughs> Everybody understand? No, it ain't. Men don't want to tear down walls that some other man, you don't let some other man build in your life. That, everybody understand? And, but that husband, he'll tell you, sister, you know, you, you got a bad attitude. You might need to check that. I see walls there. You need to check that. It ain't his job to tear down those walls. And even when he tries to, what you going to do? Build it right back up. See, I knew you. I couldn't trust you. Give a person your heart, and they just stomp on it. Everybody understand? I'm going to go back into my little shell. I know I shouldn't have come out. <laughs> and here's, this is what I asked people. I said, so how are you, what are you doing in that shell? How, are you having fun in there? <laughs> no, it's just me, but at least I ain't got to worry about getting hurt. As long as you're in your shell, how can you acknowledge and own your own junk? Does everybody understand? No, God don't come to exchange stuff while you're in your shell. You have to expose all of your stuff. You have to acknowledge, Lord, I shouldn't have been sneaking around with that man. How many of you had parents that just didn't mind you laying up in their house? Just whatever you brought through there, you can just, it don't matter, you can just be here. So you were going against your upbringing and got hurt, and then what? Is everybody else's fault? Does everybody understand? If you read in the Old Testament, I think it's in the book of Deuteronomy, you can read the law of God. In that law, if a man raped a woman and she screamed out for help, the man would get killed. But you know what else the Bible says? If he forced herself on her and she didn't scream out for help, they would both be in trouble. The idea was, if you realize what's going on, you screaming for help. So you may think, well, that's kind of harsh. Well, listen, well, you know, because that's, that's, an, that's an embarrassment. That's a shame. Not more shame than what's going to come with the fruit that comes after that. So you may think that you're getting somewhere in God by keeping it all in and not confessing it because it was shameful, but the fruit is going to be more shameful. Everybody understand? It is important that we own our own junk, and when God comes to point it out to us, it is important that we confess it and forsake it. Give it to him. Does everybody understand? All right, let's go read one more thing. Let's go to the third chapter of the book of Genesis. Now, I, I want to show us how God is 
and what he does week after week when we don't own our junk. Is everybody there? The third chapter of the book of Genesis. We're going to start reading in verse 1. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yeah, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. In other words, there are no consequences for disobeying God's word. That's the first lie we know of con that mankind was ever told. There are no consequences for disobeying God's word. God's word tells us that we're supposed to remain abstinent until marriage. But there are no consequences. We were going to get married anyway. That's my spiritual husband for right now. We, everybody understand? He tied a little string together and put it around my finger, and that's going to keep us. There are no consequences for that. Everybody understand? That this is the same lie the devil's been telling it for thousands of years. There are no consequences for disobeying God's word. And then he even gave other benefits. Verse 5. For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. My parents are just trying to keep me from something. They're just old. That's the way y'all did it back in the day. That's the way y'all carried y'all selves. This is a new day. Everybody's sleeping around. There are so-called Christians that believe, don't believe in waiting to marriage. They, they got to test it out before they, if I'm going to be married to you for the rest of my life, I need to know how you are in bed. I'm telling you what I've heard. I mean from the mouths of people that believe that way. I got to test it out. Because that's, you know, that's important to me. And 10 people down the line still testing it out. <laughs> well, however the devil can get you, it's a, just a test. Everybody understand? It's just a test. I just... 10 of them didn't work out, but the 11th one, he will. Everybody understand? Verse 6, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, everybody see that? This is a good experience. Now, no wonder they, they just wanted all this good feeling for themselves. Does everybody see that? Now, I'm not a saint back there. 
Wasn't thinking about serving the Lord. But one thing I did not do, I did not mess with a woman if I knew she was still pure. Because I understood if I ever open that door, she'll never go back. Once she has that experience, that, that's, that's the greatest feeling in the world, the feeling of it, outside of Jesus Christ. So what happens if we don't work out? She going to go and want to get that feeling from somebody else, and then she going to start down a road that many other women have started down. And all, and all the while, her soul is still tied to mine until the Lord come in and break that tie. No, I'm not going to do that. Everybody understand? So, but the woman saw that the tree was good for food. This is a good feeling. <laughs> and that it was what? Pleasant to who? You still thinking we're talking about an apple? <laughs> Everybody understand? And a tree to be desired to make one wise. Everybody understand? I'm trying to show you the correlation there. My boyfriend, he, he done got some experience. He taught me all kind of stuff. Everybody see? Nah, daddy don't know that I'm dating him, but that's okay. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were what? Opened, and they knew that they were what? Naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves what? Aprons. Does everybody see that? What did an apple have to do with them knowing they were naked? The original sin in the garden was fornication. Does everybody understand? Other than, why would they have so fig leaves? What they did brought shame to what was already there. That's the reason why when women have slept around before they get married, when by the time they get married, they, they're, not, they're insecure about their bodies. That's the reason. It's the same sin. Goes right back to the Garden of Eden. I'm insecure. I'm not, I don't know how. Well, you wasn't insecure when you were out there throwing it around in the world. Everybody see the connection now? Verse 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife, see that? Hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. So you see how it said it there? Did it say Adam and Eve? It said Adam and who? His wife. Let's go and keep reading. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Everybody see that? I come to make an exchange, Adam. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I did what? Hid myself. I do not have the title. I'm going to hide it. Even though the fruit is there, I'm hiding. I'm, you know, just playing hide and go seek today, Lord. That's all. Verse 11, and he said, who told thee that thou was naked? Has thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? All right, you done called me out. I can't deny it. 
okay, Lord, I got the title, but guess who else's name is on the title? And the man said, who? The woman, not the wife. <laughs> the woman, her name's on this title. Whom what? Thou. Yours too. You, you the co-signer. You throw yourself in the mix there, Lord. Now, what was he saying when God took the woman from him and then brought her to him? This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Until the Lord come and check me about something. Then she's going to be the woman. <laughs> that he, you gave to be with me. Everybody see? The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. Now, and the Lord God said unto who? Said unto who? So now who stuck with their title? Adam. Okay, Adam, is yours. Let me go see if she got more sense than you got. Everybody see that? You notice how he didn't stay there and continue? Well, Adam, I'm trying to help you out here. I know this is, a, this is a situation that ain't never happened, but God have always been a graceful God. Does everybody understand? I'm telling you, they could have found redemption had they been reaching out to him instead of hiding from him and then blaming it on somebody else. God have always been a merciful God. He didn't, let, let me make this clear. He didn't come there to kick them out of the garden. If that was the case, he'd have started off with that. He did not come there to curse them. If that was the case, he would have started out with that. He come to bring redemption to them. They refused it because they didn't want to own their own junk. Somebody else, and even when he convinced them, that's your title, Adam. Adam pulled his wife there. No, is this, see, her, her name is on it as well. Everybody see? So he didn't stay there arguing with Adam. No, Adam. No, no, I ain't buying that. That's all you now. You can't blame her. I made you the head, Adam. No, that ain't, you know. Now, come on, Adam, now. Was it any of that? When Adam refused to take sole ownership of that disobedience, what did the Lord do? Verse 13, and the Lord God said unto who? The woman. What is this that thou hast done? Everybody see that? Notice he didn't say y'all. What have you done? And the woman said what? The devil's name is on his title. He made me do it. And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Now, of course, who was the serpent? The devil. There was no redemption for him. So verse 14, and the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle. He didn't ask him if he did it. You ever noticed the, the, the first two? 
He asked them what they done. You notice he didn't ask the devil what he had done? That I'm trying to show you the Lord came with redemption for them. They refused it. Everybody understand? Let's read verse 16. Let's go down to verse 16. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband. And people have been trying to go against that ever since. Thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall do what? Rule over thee. Does everybody understand? So you notice it, how they went from A to Z real fast? Let's read verse 17. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, you see what his sin was? And has eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Does everybody understand? So you see how we went from A to Z. There is no in between when you don't own your own title. When you, when you reject that it's yours to own. God comes to you, sister, you need to change this about yourself. Or brother, you need to change the no, Lord, that ain't me. Okay, so this is, so what is he, what comes next after you reject what God is bringing to your face? Curse. Even if you don't, even if you don't believe you own it, you're going to see the fruit of owning it. Does everybody understand? And I'm telling you, we get together week after week, folks having the same problem over and over again. Why is that? Why do people have the same problem over and over again? That for years, they've been battling and struggling with the same thing for years. Why is that? Only one reason. Because you don't own it when the Lord come for it. Everybody understand? The Bible says that Jesus Christ was the Lamb of God slain from where? Before this happened. But you know what? Mankind didn't see redemption, redemption for another 4,000 years. Does everybody understand? Do you know that, it, that Jesus Christ, his redemption was supposed to be manifest right here? But because mankind refused it and didn't own their junk, we're just going to put it off 4,000 years. Now, here's the thing. If you reject it today, the law might not come back around until you're 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. Does everybody understand? The law ain't going to come every week for the same junk that you're refusing to acknowledge. Everybody understand that? My prayers that we'll get what the Lord is saying today. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. The day that you hear his voice. The day that you hear his voice. Don't go home and think about it. 
You know when the Lord's talking to you. The day that you hear his voice, do what? Don't harden your heart. Because the Lord ain't, listen, the Lord ain't going to beg people to take what they want to keep. Does everybody understand? And I'm afraid that some people, they just ain't got tired of it yet. We're talking about manufacturers. You know, your vehicle, it has a year on it. You can tell what, what year it was made. It, uh, everybody understand? I believe it's important that when we, when we have a title to something, whatever that may be, we need to know what year was manufactured in our lives. Where did we pick it up from? Does everybody understand that? Even if, but you know what that would require? You confessing some junk you've been trying to hide. When you're trying to hide the facility where it was, where it was created at. <laughs> How can the Lord help you? Everybody understand? You sisters, you don't come here hard like men. God don't make you that way. That's not even in your nature. It ain't one woman that come here hardened like a man. Not one. You don't come to this world that way. You don't come here bitter. But what happens is, somewhere in life, you got outside of God's word. And I ain't talking about just after you got saved. I mean before then. Somewhere, you got outside of God's word. And you took it on. Does everybody understand? And the thing to do is not to accept that that's just who you are. That's not your nature. At some point, you were daddy's sweet little girl. Somewhere, somewhere, your daddy could stand you. Does everybody understand? I want you, I want you to think about something, sisters. Somewhere, I, I, I don't believe in just when girls get 18, you just push them out the door. But what is it that caused girls and young ladies not to be able to live under the roof of their parents? What is it that make them not be bearable in that manner? What is it that make daughters rise against mamas? I remember when my wife and I, when we first got, I think when we first got married, she told me, she said, you know, I can tell when a young lady has, has lost her virginity. She changes. If she's not married, you, it's going to be a change in her. Now, I want you to think about it. You don't stay sweet. Everybody understand? <laughs> it's, something that goes, it's something that goes with that. You see? That's outside. Of, and I don't care how your boyfriend was speaking in tongues either. You get outside of God's will. You outside of his will. Now, the idea is to get back to where you were. 
before all of that. Not to just try to maintain. You can't balance the devil. Everybody understand? And I'm telling you, the only thing that's going to heaven is pure love. That's, that's the only thing that's getting there. Y'all saw these children sitting up here a few weeks ago? That's the only thing that's going in. Not bitterness, not skepticism. You know, I can't hug you too long because none of that's going there. Everybody understand? You know, this Bible, Paul says for, for the brothers to greet each other with a holy kiss. You know why they could do that back then? Because they wasn't automatically thinking homosexual. They were pure people. Everybody understand? And people in the Middle East, men in the Middle East, they still do that. They still greet one another with a holy kiss. They still do it. You tried it over here. Everybody understand? God wants us to exchange our junk for his purity. Our trash for his treasure. But I'm telling you, the only way we can do it, we have to own it. Yes, Lord, that's me. My name is the only one on that title, and I have sole ownership of it. Nobody else's fault that my name is there. Nobody else's. I, I made the decisions to take ownership of this. I made this, the decision to take possession of it. I made that decision. But Lord, I don't want it anymore. Because I see it ain't getting me anywhere. If, 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 that's, the, that's the greatest grace of God we'll ever have. Everybody understand? That's his grace and mercy. So what do we look like rejecting? No, Lord, I ain't, that ain't me. That ain't mine. Okay, so you called me out. It's mine, but it's somebody else's too. Everybody understand? I think the book of Hebrews says, how can, we, how can we go to heaven neglecting so great the salvation? We, how, we, how are you going to spend eternity with God when you reject his salvation? What do you think you need to be saved from but all those titles that you own? Everybody understand? You, we all had to be saved. We all went through the process. Of, we all had to exchange something with him. And that's the thing about sin. God don't intend for you to hide it. He, he came, the Bible says he came to do what? Take away our sin. How are you going to take it away if we hiding it and if we not owning up to it? Does everybody understand? So I want us all to think about that. Let's all think about that. Let's think about the cycle we've been in for a long time. Let's think about all of the, the, the stuff that we continue to see manifested in our lives that's not of God. If you can think about it, if you know that it's stuff in your life that keep manifesting that's not of God, I'm telling you that's a title that you, have, you are not accepting ownership of. That's the only reason why Jesus Christ don't take away your sin is when you don't confess it. Does everybody understand? Do we need to see that in the Bible. It's in 1 John 3. He was manifested to take away our sins. But he can't take it away 
if we have no sin. That's the first chapter of First John. If we say we have no sin, we're a liar. Lord, ain't nothing wrong with me. Thank you for saving me, but I, I have to be, you didn't have to do all that for me. I'm not as bad as what other people been. Everybody understand? Now you understand what he meant when he said, when your adversary come, agree with him while he's in the way. You know that now, a lot of times we think of adversary as just somebody that's our enemy. Adversary just means somebody that's coming to tell you about yourself. Whether they like you or dislike you. Your adversary could be somebody that like you. What makes them adverse is they're not coming to pat you on the back. They coming to tell you, look, you need to change this about yourself. What does it say? Agree with them while they're in the way. Agree with because if they once they leave your presence, you're going to write that out of your mind and you're going to go out of your way to keep hiding your junk. You're selfish somebody, and I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. It's too many people told me otherwise. <laughs> what does the Lord say about it? I don't care what a billion other people have testified, what other kind of lying spirits you've heard. Does everybody understand? That's the reason why the Lord say, woe unto you when, men, when all men speak well of you. Everybody see? My prayer is that we're here with the Lord is saying today. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this message today. Lord, we pray that it fell on ears that had the capacity to hear what you had to say. God, we ask that you will help us all to examine ourselves. Help us not to toss this message to the side, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for loving us enough to open up your word to us, Lord, and open up our understanding. And we pray, Lord, that you will help us to live the lives that you can get glory out of. Help us, Lord, to yield ourselves to you as willing vessels knowing, Lord, that we need you to live, to move, Lord, and to have our being. Lord, I pray over every individual in here today, Lord, I ask that you will flood their minds with things that you may not be pleased with. And I ask, Lord, that you will make your rounds again. that you will bring your exchange, Lord, for them. Help us, Lord, not to die in the things that you've come to take away from us. Help us to be new creatures according to your word. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, amen. All right. That's all now, if the Lord willing, we'll meet in the back just briefly and uh, discuss what it is we've heard today. If that's all, we'll dismiss you right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.